Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, everybody. Luke O'Neill here, and we are very, very welcome, as ever, to my show, Me, the Science podcast. This is a request. A lovely email about, oh, three days ago now, I guess, from a lovely woman asking me to cover this. And what she'd seen is, and I'd seen it, we'd all seen this, actually, if you work in biomedical sciences, this was mega headline news. Uh, and it's about curing cancer. Now, obviously, the science of cancer, we may have touched on, on cancer one or two times before, hugely important. Many people get cancer. It's the second biggest cause of death, of course, still on Earth. Uh, and we would all know people have died of cancer. So we're always looking closely at cancer and trying to figure out new ways to do it. But these two papers, one on pancreatic cancer, which is absolutely a deadly form of cancer, and one on colorectal cancer. And these two studies, which I will come on to, are spectacular. And all our jaws dropped when we saw these headlines. And uh, one example of my jaw dropping was, I was with uh, a good friend and colleague of mine called Ken Mealy, who is a surgeon. He cuts out these massive tumours from people. And he said to me, have you seen this paper on colorectal cancer? I can't believe it. And, and of course, what, what it amazed him about it was, Ken is... Um, very clever surgeon, but he's a bit sceptical about certain notions about cancer. And one notion that I've been banging the drum for years as an immunologist is that the immune system can kill tumours. And he said, you'll never kill a massive rectal tumour. You've got to cut it out with a knife, you know. And he couldn't believe it. This study used, as I'll explain, a way to get the immune system to kill a massive colorectal tumour. And it worked. Twelve people were cured of this cancer. And Ken was amazed. I mean, Ken said normally that would require severe surgery to cut the bloody thing out you know as we know that can be horrible for people so that, that that's we've all seen these papers facing it's very very exciting uh, but before i get into it let me just give you a bit on cancer it's been the scourge of humanity obviously those of you old enough like me uh, may remember in the 70s uh, richard nixon declared a war on cancer and uh, lots of money went into cancer research in America in the National Cancer Institute. One famous line at that time, I remember, was there was a friend of mine went to America to do a postdoc uh, working on cancer. And over his desk, and all the desks was, you won't cure cancer by sitting on your ass. <laughs> that was on everybody's desk to motivate people to get up and start doing cancer research. So, so it's been a massive area. There wasn't much progress for a long time. Uh, chemotherapy was a big advance, obviously. That's just basically toxins, poisons that kill the tumour. Radiotherapy was very important. You can use x-rays and radiation to kill tumours. That was first done in Ireland. Michael Jolie was a pioneer in that area. Although Marie Curie, the famous French scientist, she was the first to suggest it. And that's used a lot. And, and then surgery is used too, of course. Uh, and there hadn't been progress for a long time. Uh, the chemo's got a bit better. There are different types of chemo now. But this big news story is about the immune system, which I will now come on to shortly. Now, we know a lot about cancer. It's caused by genes changing in your body. You get a mutation in a gene. And the gene then codes for a protein that's a bit different because it's been mutated, you know. And that new protein, if you like, or mutated protein is the thing that's promoting the tumour. And there are se several hallmarks. Uh, one is cells begin to grow too much. So let's say it's a liver tumour. The cells in your liver just grow and grow and grow out of control. They won't stop growing. So it's a, a lack of control of cell growth. And that's because some of the genes that are different are involved in cell growth and they're rammed into the on position, if you know what I mean. So when a cell divides, special genes are, are expressed and the proteins make the cell divide in two and then the, then the cell stops dividing. In this case, those genes are too active because they're mutated. There's been a change in the DNA sequence in the gene, you see, and that's a big reason the cells that grow too much. A second one is that they don't die as much and that, that's an interesting idea, isn't it? Cells eventually die. Some cancer cells may become immortal and don't die. They don't die of a thing called apoptosis, which is a type of cell death. And again, that's a genetic defect. In other words, you're losing the brakes there 
on the cell. And the first example of growing too much, the accelerator's on too much. But equally, if you can't put a brake on, the thing goes out of control. A third hallmark is a thing called metastases. And that means the tumour spreads from where it starts to another part of your body, maybe into your brain into your liver and that really harms you then because your liver gets clogged up with these tumour cells or your brain does. So the spreading of cancer metastases is a very important feature as well. Uh, a fourth one is a thing called angiogenesis. Bit of a mouthful. That means blood vessel growth. Tumours need a blood supply. They grow, say, in your liver again and they attract in all these blood vessels to feed the tumour. Tumours are very, very hungry. They're eating up all your nutrients, basically, you know, and growing and growing and you need a blood supply and tumours trigger that angiogenesis response. And the last one is there's things called tumour suppressors in your body. In other words, we evolved special ways, again, to stop tumours growing. They're called tumour suppressors and cancer cells, again, have a mutation in these tumour suppressors and now they grow a good example of a tumour suppressor gene is called P53. Half of all cancers, that's defective. And now the tumour begins to grow. So it's complicated, isn't it? You need several things to go wrong for a tumour to grow. And you need all these features. And now we, we see cancer emerge. And of course, all of those things meant that clever drug companies could fire drugs at these processes and target the gene that's causing the cell to grow too much, for example, which I'll come back to. One of the examples actually is, is, is related to that or maybe stop the blood vessels growing. And there are drugs out there that can do that and they do work a bit. I mean, there, ha there has been successes in certain types of cancer. Uh, some are actually almost curable prostate. Much better vista now if you've got prostate cancer. That was a death sentence, what, 20 odd years ago. So using drugs to target these various things is showing benefits, which is great. But still people don't respond or the drugs don't work in them for some reason or they, they, they dodge the drug in some way. The tumour can change and all kinds of things. So we still need lots of work to get around this and, and, and make these, these approaches more effective. Now, that brings me on to the big breakthroughs. The most important finding in cancer in the past, I'd say, 50 years is wake up the immune system and the immune system then kills the tumour. Now, it makes sense if you think about it. Our immune systems are extremely powerful. They can kill viruses, as we know from the dreaded COVID stories. They can kill bacteria. They can kill fungi. They keep us alive with their weapons, if you like. What if we turn those weapons on tumour cells now? And it's been known probably for 100 years that this happens. I mean, people who spontaneously you know, get over cancer and you can have these spontaneous remissions. When scientists looked at the tumour, they noticed the immune system had gone in there and killed the tumour. So we knew it was possible. Uh, we also knew if someone's on immunosuppressants, say they've had a transplant, they're at a higher risk of cancer because that's dampening down the immune response. And in fact, some studies show it's a constant battle. Your, your body probably is developing a tumour cell, say, every day or whatever, and the immune system eliminates it. So when that goes off kilter or whatever, the reason is the tumour can now grow. So we've known about the immune system in cancer for a long time. The question became, how can we mobilise the immune system against the tumours? And a big thing called checkpoint blockade, which I'll come back to as being used. But the first example, pancreatic cancer. Now, as anybody, everybody, I would guess, listening might know, this is a deadly cancer. As soon as you're diagnosed, you're almost in, in big trouble. It's too late and, and many people then die. Uh, half a million people a year die of pancreatic cancer. And in spite of all these advances that I mentioned, uh, they still haven't cracked it for obvious reasons. The five-year survival rate is 20% of people are still alive after five years. That means 80% are dead. Many die in the first year or even within months. So again, a huge big clinical problem. Now this study took T-cells from the person with pancreatic cancer. They took 16 billion T-cells from the blood of this person who had pancreatic cancer. They stuck a gene into the T-cell 
and that gene coded for a protein to recognise a thing called mutant KRAS G12D. I know it's a mouthful. But RAS is one of these growth-promoting genes that I mentioned earlier, okay? So RAS gets a cell to divide. If it's mutated, the cell goes out of control and divides too much. So the pancreatic tumour cells have this mutant RAS. And lo and behold, the T-cells are injected back in the person's body. And because they had a special sort of sensor of that mutant KRAS, they found out the pancreatic tumour, locked onto the KRAS, and they killed the tumour cell. Isn't that tremendous? This is called CAR-T. Uh, it's chimeric activated uh, receptors of T-cells because you're engineering the T-cell outside the body with a special weapon. You're weaponizing the T-cell in many ways, is a, is a good way to put it, to go back into the body and target what is mutated in that cancer. And in this case, it was pancreatic cancer. And they got full regression of the tumor. Now, they follow this patient out for six months and it's still clear. They can still see the T-cells in the person's blood. So the T-cells are persisting. And we know from vaccines, you get memory cells. Uh, maybe familiar with that. These, these could be anti-pancreatic cancer memory T-cells. And if the tumour begins to poke its head up again, bang, the T-cell can kill it. Isn't that tremendous? So here we have huge hope for pancreatic cancer using this CAR-T approach. Now, this CAR-T approach had been used for leukaemia because that's in your blood. And you would stick the T-cells into the bloodstream and they'd seek out the leukaemic cell and kill it in your blood. This is a different thing. It's a solid tumour. The T-cells have to get into the damn tissue and go and find the tumour cells. That, that's been a challenge. Here we see progress towards killing solid tumours with these T-cells. Now, you can see the excitement with this. Now, it is only one patient, the usual caveats, but it was so dramatic and it was so clear that this has caused excitement. There'll be further studies on more patients and more solid tumours. It won't just be pancreatic. It could be any solid tumour. It could be lung cancer. It could be ovarian. Could 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 now be, be targetable by this CAR-T T-cell therapy. So there's the first really exciting news for people specifically interested in pancreatic. Now, the second one is colorectal cancer. And this is the one that Ken Mealy said to me. He nearly fell off a seat when he saw it, right? Now, now colorectal isn't quite as bad as pancreatic. Uh, A reasonable number of people, surgery can be used, uh, chemo, radiotherapy is used for for colorectal cancer. Uh, In this case, it was rectal specifically. Uh, The five-year survival rate is 65%. Now, what that means is still half the people are, have died after five years, so we have to do better, but it's not as bad as pancreatic, which is 20%. But even still, can we improve on this? Now, half a million deaths again per year, by the way. Uh, and there are risk factors. Now, by the way, I should have said this earlier, what's causing these cancers? It's usually environmental. Like it's some carcinogen in the environment reacts with the DNA to mutate the gene, you see. And the gene is now different because of this mutation from a carcinogen. We call these things carcinogen. Cigarette smoke is full of them. And the cigarette smoke modifies the DNA in the genes that we've been talking about. And then you can get tumours developing. And it's the same in colorectal. It's, it's dietary, they think. Alcohol is a big risk factor for rectal cancer. Uh, so smoking, uh, certain foodstuffs, meat, red meat is a risk factor as well. And th- these must be causing mutations. Now, not everybody gets the mutation. Otherwise, we'd all be developing these cancers. And there's great ways to repair damage to DNA. So it's, it's, it is more complicated than it seems. But certainly these things, so-called carcinogens, are the cause. In colorectal, another big risk is inflammatory bowel disease. And that means your bowel is all inflamed. Now, inflamed tissue can turn into a tumour because cancer cells love inflammation. Inflammation is a great way to get blood in, for instance, because it goes red. Inflammation is a great way for blood vessels to grow. So, so if you've, often people with, uh, say, colitis have to have the tissue removed because there's a risk of it turning into a tumour. You know? And these are some of the risk factors for these things. But this study 
the colorectal cancer study, they, they went after this checkpoint, as I mentioned. Now, what is a checkpoint? A checkpoint is like an off switch, if you like, to the immune system. And a good analogy is if a checkpoint barrier comes down to stop a car, say, in your body, these checkpoints come down that stop the immune system going into the tumour, right? And, and if you block the checkpoint, stop the barrier coming down, it might allow the immune system in. And a very important checkpoint is called PD-1, discovered by a Japanese scientist called Hanjo, who I've met over the years. He won the Nobel Prize for this, by the way, about four years ago, him and Jim Allison, for the notion of checkpoint blockade as, as, a, as a kind of idea that was proven to work in the clinic. So PD-1 is the checkpoint. In colorectal cancer, that slams down very aggressively. So colorectal tumours are very good at lowering that checkpoint called PD-1. So of course, the scientists thought, let's block PD-1 and stop that barrier coming down. Big study. Every three weeks, they were given a checkpoint blocker. These are antibodies, actually, that stop the checkpoint. They lock on to PD-1 and stop it. Uh, every three weeks for six months. And then they gave them chemo and radiotherapy and surgery just to be on the safe side. Uh, and guess what? All 12 had a complete response. This protocol of anti-PD-1, the anti-checkpoint drug to block PD-1, combined with the regular things they give people with, with colorectal cancer, cured the 12 patients, and it was remarkable. Okay? And they follow these out now for lots of months, and it's persisting. The tumour hasn't come back. And again, that was a wow moment to see this quite difficult-to-treat cancer having a massive response by activating the immune system against the tumour, stopping the checkpoint, blocking the immune system. And now, in the tissues, they took loads of samples, the immune system is rampant in that tumour, beating up those tumour cells and killing those colorectal tumour cells. And the tumour shrinks away to nothing. And, and that was a dramatic effect. These are quite big tumours, you can see them. And they shrunk, they melted away with the checkpoint inhibitor because the immune system went in, beat up the tumour and ate it up basically because um, immune cells are very good at chewing up things, you know, like macrophages. I mentioned those before. They just chewed up all the debris and the tumour went away. It was incredible. The drug, by the way, in this particular trial is called Dostarilimab. These names are often atrocious but that is the PD-1 the anti-PD-1 antibody and again huge advance because here we now have colorectal cancer as a way to really cure patients now it was only 12 patients again we need more studies to support this in various ways but the study was seen as so impressive it was in the New England Journal very eminent and then the pancreatic cancer where the T cells went in and were engineered and they killed the pancreatic cancer cells and again a huge response in those patients who otherwise could have died remember so here we see more evidence that we're beginning to reach a situation where cancer will become a chronic disease that will either, either be treatable in this way or maybe even curable. Uh, one dream, I guess the, op the more optimistic, um, or realistic rather, uh, vista is we turn cancer into a chronic disease and we keep treating it, it doesn't kill you anymore. But of course in these two cases, if we get a cure, isn't that great? So again, the prospect of a cure for cancer, that thing involved been longing for for so long is now within sight for definite and these two studies add to previous studies by the way because it's not just these two uh, supporting this notion of using the immune system to kill cancer so there you have it the science of getting the immune system to kill cancer is the topic and I hope you enjoyed that and you can see hopefully by my excitement how, how much uh, we're all engaged with this one, these wonderful developments so thanks so much for listening and as ever uh, my podcast is available for download every Thursday and it's a News Talk production thank you very much